BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Speaking about knocking it down, Speed Mikhailu with another three ball. He's got eight. Speed for three. Mikhailu, man, he's hotter than fish grease. I can touch the finish. I always think, guys. Be a Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where what do you do when plans A and B for trying to get through the rest of the summer with no substantial Lakers content fail? Alan? Uh, You listen to our podcast? (laughs) Yes. But more specifically, Alan, you move on to plans V. (laughs) 
And guess what, Alan? That's exactly what we've decided to do for tonight's episode. But thank God we've got some more informed and insightful help other than ourselves, as tonight we've got former Kansas Jayhawk, fan favorite, center Landon Lucas on to help shed some light on Svi as a person and as a basketball player during his three years being teammates with Svi at Kansas. But Alan, speaking of plans V, what's been your plans V this summer for trying to fill the purple and gold void till September? <laughs> as far as basketball is concerned, just probably like what everybody else is doing, just playing NBA 2K, pretty much just being on NBA Twitter, which has been extremely entertaining this summer, probably more than ever before. The last week or so has been pretty slow. But um, yeah, that and just watching YouTube videos, honestly, of like every highlight reel from every single player's entire career. <laughs> um, so yeah, filling the void has been difficult. And I mean, yeah, as far as basketball things go, that's that's what I've been doing. And uh, it's been mildly sufficient. Now, what about the pictures and video of LeBron James in his official Lakers practice gear. Has that been giving you life? And do you think that will sustain you? Uh, That gave me such a huge energy boost today. (laughs) Um, I just finished getting over the stomach flu, which I had for like 12 days, and it just really sucked the freaking life out of me. If you know what I mean by sucking the life out of me. Yeah, everything Mm. came out of me. And um, yeah, so I've just been like fatigued and weak, but seeing those pictures today and seeing someone who doesn't look fatigued and doesn't look weak at all, uh, it definitely had a positive effect rubbed off on me. Today was fantastic after seeing that, and I saw, you know, B.I. was there, Kuzma was there, so I bet those guys uh, were feeling the energy as well. Yeah, no longer a Photoshop, right? Real Lakers practice gear, and I think he had like a shoot going on for either 2K Sports. I you or- say he also had a skirt, a skirt on. <laughs> Oh, like Josh Hart? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Josh Hart is already on the roast train with LeBron James, and LeBron James is liking his roast. So, I mean, all good vibes all around, and, and we're going to need more of that to sustain us till September for sure. But that's not a bad start. So before we get to our interview with Landon, uh, as usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. That's where you'll get instant updates on when our episodes drop from week to week and any future news and teases as well. Please also rate and review us on iTunes, because the more you rate and review us, that is an extra percentage point above the standard 10% of brain capacity that humans use, that all of our players (laughs) and our front office will be using this season to stay ahead of the curve next year. Hashtag light years, hashtag next level, hashtag Lakers stay woke. All right, so we have a fantastic episode and interview tonight where not only is the main subject of the interview great, and we're talking about Svi Mikhailu, but so is the actual interviewee himself in terms of how interesting and unique Landon Lucas's own basketball journey is. And we'll get to hear a little bit of both tonight, which is really cool. And usually, you know, we're just, we usually interview like a like a beat reporter or an off off season skills trainer or even former coaches of the player. But tonight it's kind of unique because we're actually going to be profiling somebody who's played with the Lakers player we're talking about. And Alan, I wanted to ask you before we get started with our interview, your thoughts on that and and just gaining that extra perspective of someone who's actually played with a Lakers player that we're trying to dissect and dig into. Yeah, I mean, if you really want to get to know a person beyond talking to the individual themselves, uh, you would think someone who was teammates with them would be the, one of the best ways to gain some true insight because, um, I mean, these guys are essentially family. You know, they, they spend all that time together traveling, um, 
going through hell <laughs> with one another, essentially all the locker room stuff, um, ups and downs, highs, lows, all that kind of thing. So to gain a perspective like this is uh, extremely exciting. And I think, like you said, it isn't something that we've been privileged to, you know, experience at this point. So um, it's going to be an incredibly unique perspective. And I feel like we obviously don't know that much about Svi at this point, but talking to someone who was in the trenches with him, so to speak, for years and on long, you know, successful runs, uh, we can learn so much about uh, Svi through this interview. Yeah, and then what about the cultural aspect that kind of, not to give away too much of the interview, but the cultural aspect of what makes Landon Lucas so unique to us, to you specifically, and also us as a podcast, there's a, there's a link here that, you know, we don't have to go too deep into, but just the one that exists yeah. that keeps us interested. And even though, you know, Landon Lucas is not a Laker, obviously, and he's still trying to make it into the league, but just getting to know somebody who has such an interesting background like this and, and kind of growing to embrace them. And if he ends up actually making it into the league, how, how great of a story that is. Well, yeah, he's gone through an incredibly unique journey that not many guys can say that they've been on. And his journey, I mean, start from the time he was a kid, right? Like, we're not just talking about, um, you know, late high school and college, post-college. Like, we're, we're talking from the time he was a child, his entire upbringing, his background. Um, again, this will be talked about in the interview, obviously, but he grew up in Japan. And he grew up going to a Japanese school in Portland after that. And um, if you guys have been listening for a while, if you've even heard random episodes where I've talked about this, I'm half Japanese myself, Japanese-American. So obviously that's going to draw me in to, you know, this individual like, oh, wow, you have he's honestly like probably more culturally Japanese than I am because he lived in the country and he <laughs> speaks the language. And like I looked at his Twitter the other day and he's like tweeting in Japanese. And the thing is, like, I can read it. But I don't know what I'm reading. That's the thing. Like, I can pronounce <laughs> everything and I can probably identify 35% of the words, you know. So it, it's it's really cool for me personally to, um, you know, have that opportunity to hear from a guy who has, you know, similar cultural uh, experiences as me, but definitely a lot more. And um, I know there's a lot that I can learn from him from that point of view. But, uh, yeah, just personally, it's very intriguing for myself. And, um, again, it's just, it's, it's a really, really cool story. And, uh, he, he's a Laker <laughs> in all of our hearts, you know, we're definitely mm -hmm. pulling for this guy to, uh, be successful. Um, and you guys will all understand after listening to this interview, why we want to pull for him. Yeah. And even apart from your personal affiliation with his story, Alan, you know, Tommy actually has a, his girlfriend is Japanese American. So is my girlfriend. And I think for me, what drew me into his story was just the immigrant experience as well. You know, he, he was born in Tokyo in Japan. Uh, Japanese was his first language and kind of feeling like a foreigner, both where he started. Obviously, he didn't look like anybody <laughs> in Japan, but also coming back to the States, having that cultural shift and culture shock, right? That's something I've experienced growing up. You know, I was, I've, my parents are from the Philippines. Uh, I grew up there for a period of time in my life and I had to transition over to the United States and had to undergo a lot of cultural shifts and, and learn how to try and fit in and in all these different scenarios where I always kind of stood out. So that part of his story was really uh, intriguing to me. And you'll hear a little bit about that in our interview coming up. So I hope you guys enjoy not only his perspective and insight on 
his time playing and being teammates with Zvima Kailu, but his own journey as well. And as you'll learn, he was a huge Lakers fan growing up. So uh, with that said, we will turn it over now to my interview with Landon Lucas. Also, one thing that I would like to highlight is he does have his own nonprofit organization called the Landon Lucas Foundation, which you also hear about during our interview. If you would please help us out and donate to his cause, LandonLucasFoundation.org. He is providing resources, financial resources for kids who are underprivileged and want to get into sports who don't necessarily have the the means to sign up and register for these sports or don't have the financial means to buy the requisite equipment and gear and all of that stuff. So he has this Landon Lucas Foundation set up for that entire purpose. And it's a great cause. And if you would help us out in donating whatever you can, you can find it at LandonLucasFoundation.org. Really, really cool what he's trying to do there. So with that said, please enjoy my interview with Landon Lucas as we get into Svima Kailu, Lakers fanhood, and just his journey trying to make it to the NBA. Hey, this is Brian from the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, here to talk about keeps. So there's just no two ways to say it. Losing hair is awful. Nobody wants to go through it. And two out of three guys are going to experience hair loss by the time they're 35. This is the world we live in, people. Now, I personally haven't started this, you know, downturn, but I got a couple of people close to my life that go through it, and they always say, should have started it sooner rather than later. So anyways, these FDA-approved products used to cost so much, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to get. For five minutes, now and starting just $10 per month, you'll never have to worry about hair loss again. So they've ironed out the process. Basically, you just take a photo of your hair, and you shoot it over, and a licensed physician will review the information, and recommend the right treatment to you, and then, boom, shipped right to your door every three months. So Keeps is only $10 to $35 a month, uh, plus now you can get your first month free uh, to, to what? To keep your hair. So come on, what are we talking about here? To receive your first month of treatment for free, go to keeps.com slash almighty. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash almighty. That's a free month of treatment at keeps.com slash almighty. Keeps hair today, hair tomorrow. Won their conference tournament. Drive it up. Tapped around, picked up by Lucas. What a great rebounder he is. They turn the corner. They give second opportunities up. Kansas says thank you. Drills it. All right, tonight we are pleased and privileged to have former Kansas Jayhawk and former teammate of new Lakers rookie Svi Mikhailu center Landon Lucas on with us to talk about his unique and interesting basketball journey and give us a little insight into how Svi was on the court and off the court in Kansas. Landon, thanks for hopping on with us tonight. How are you doing and how has your time training out here in Los Angeles been treating you? Thanks for having me. I mean, it's, it's been great out here. I, uh, I love L.A., got some good trainers out here uh, the open runs are great and it's, it's been a good time awesome before we get underway if you want to plug any of your social sites or give us any further updates on what you're currently working on please go ahead and do so social sites twitter is just landon lucas instagram we got landon lucas nine and yeah that's that's about it for that but other than that what was the other question just slipped my mind Oh, I was just going to ask you, what, what are you currently doing in Los Angeles in terms of training? I know that you're, you're back from a one-year stint in Japan playing f- professionally for the Toyota Alvarks? Alvarks? Alvark. <laughs> what is an Alvark, Landon? It's like some kind of big teddy bear. 
<laughs> I don't really know exactly what it is, but but yeah, no, I'm back in town. Um, I've been training um, at a place called EPX, um, and it's out in uh, Woodland Hills. That's where I do most of my uh, strength and conditioning. And then basketball, I've been with a couple different guys. Um, I've done some at UCLA with Rico Hines. Mm-hmm. And then I've gone out um, with a guy named Dash um, to do some shooting and stuff. So that, that's really where I've been out here in L.A. That's awesome. And, you know, we'll, we'll delve a little bit deeper into your professional career at Kansas and also post-Kansas. But, um, you know, Landon, I know a main part of why we reached out to you tonight and why you're coming on this Lakers-centric show is to talk about Zvi Mikhailu. Yeah. Is, that how you, is that how you pronounce his name? How do you pronounce it? Zvi uh, Mikhailu, I think is how you would say it. Uh, we, we all really didn't know very well, so... Uh, that's how we got the nickname Spee is because we didn't even want to try to pronounce uh, any of his name. Sure. How how long did it take you, would you say, to get it right? I mean, I don't even think I still get it right, unfortunately. So, you know, it, it takes a while. No, that's fair. And yeah, so we obviously had you on to talk about Zvi since you played with him for about three years or so. But you yourself have had quite the eclectic and unique basketball journey and career. As I dug into your own personal story and journey, I found myself more and more engrossed by it. And to be honest, I thought about maybe just devoting this entire episode to you. <laughs> it's that interesting. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, so, Landon, I'll, I'll just run through your story and career arc uh, really quickly, and you can just expound upon it a little more. And um, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong in any of this. But, Landon, you were born in Tokyo. You lived there till you were three. Then you moved to Oregon, went to Nevada in high school. Then went to Kansas, played all four years in Kansas, somehow found your way back to Tokyo last year, playing professional ball with the Allvarks, Allvark teddy bears or whatever the heck they are. (laughs) So what a career and what an interesting journey for you. In a way, since graduating, I know you also played summer league for the Boston Celtics, which we'll let slide. They don't deserve (laughs) you. But in the last year after that, since going undrafted and and taking your professional career overseas and going back to Japan to play for the Toyota Alvarez, I think they also incidentally won the championship last year. So, I mean, what a crazy career. That's that's amazing. (laughs) But going back to Tokyo, where you were actually born and grew up there for the first three years of your life, and I think... Do you still understand Japanese? Do you still speak Japanese? I do. I do. Um, At one point, it was actually my first language, so it was a lot more fluent for me. Um, But I took about 10 years of not even speaking it. So when I went back, it took a little uh, time for me to get a hang of things again. But I'm not at the level I was, but it's still there. I still can uh, hold a conversation, find my way around, and, and do all that stuff. Now, do you have like a Japanese name for yourself? I'm, I'm assuming you can write in kanji, kanji and everything too. I did in school. I don't remember it. But yeah, no, all the all the different alphabets and stuff is definitely uh, tough to uh, retain after all that time. For sure. Going back to Japan the last year and, and playing in Tokyo, was that kind of a, a weird full circle experience for you playing professionally? Tell us about your last year playing for the Toyota Allvarks. And I know you experienced an injury setback, and that's what you've been rehabbing to come back from this past season and, and trying to train here in Los Angeles to get back from that. But yeah, how has your last year been in Tokyo, and, and has it been a sort of full circle experience for you? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, pretty up and down. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a learning experience for sure. The main reason I went over there was... Um, not only because being comfortable, um, you know, with things over there, I got a really great rookie contract offered to me. 
Um, but I also was uh, really planning on playing and still am um, for the Olympic team. And um, so I had to work on getting my passport and stuff. So, you know, part of me wanted to stay here, continue to pursue things. Um, you know, summer league with the Celtics was, was went well. And um, I, I wasn't really necessarily wanting to uh, go overseas just yet. But, um, you know, everything kind of added up to me going over there. Um, unfortunately, in October, I did get hurt. Um, and just recently in the last few months have, have fully recovered from, from that. It was a foot injury and, you know, those are very uh, delicate. So, um, but now I'm hundred percent again, um, and just kind of going from there. That's a great tidbit hearing about how you're planning and training to be part of the Japanese national team. That's awesome. I, I wanted to delve a little bit deeper into I guess just you growing up in, in Japan and you're, you're not Japanese at all, right? No, no, I'm not Japanese at all. My dad just happened to play this, you know, an infant and uh, growing up. So that's kind of what, what got me started there. And then once I learned the language, had some friends there, um, I ended up going back and forth until about middle school, um, going to school out there, living out there uh, with my mom. So it was an experience, but, you know, it really helped. I feel like moving forward, with everything as far as uh, when I went to Finley Prep in uh, Nevada and then off to Kansas, you know, those those uh, life changes seem very small compared to uh, what I went through going growing up. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure you had to mature really quickly and just learning how to fit in must have been tough. So I want to ask you, where did your love for basketball, when did that start in Japan and how did it grow? It really did uh, just watching, you know, uh, my father play. You know, I went to all of his games, all of the practices, and, and really just fell in love with that. And then when I came back to the States, you know, it's just, it's fun to follow. I actually was a huge Lakers fan growing up and got to meet um, the whole team. Uh, it was the, jeez, oh, I think it was the 02, 03 team. But one of those, you know, teams when they were stacked and, and I yeah. got to meet all of them and and uh, kind of just fell in love with it. And then from there, uh, I ended up growing to the size that I am now at <laughs> 6'10". And, and at that point, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, a, a given that I, I go into it. So Obviously, Lakers fans love to hear that you're, you were also a Laker fan growing up. And even in spite of the fact that you grew up in Portland for a little bit as well. So no Trailblazers fanhood in you? I was that one kid that uh, would go to the Blazers game in my Lakers jersey. <laughs> And risk all the fans, you know, uh, hating on me. But, uh, yeah, no, I just grew up my, uh, a Lakers fan. My family is originally from here. And uh, my dad was a Lakers fan. He even uh, my initials is LAL. So I just had to I had to be a Lakers fan. So uh, <laughs> that kind of was, um, you know, my childhood uh, team for sure. Hey, well, this is very fitting. I, I didn't pay you to say any of this, right? <laughs> no, no, this, this is all true. <laughs> hey, well, that's awesome. And, and before we talk about just, uh, you know, move forward and talk about your career in Kansas and everything like that, did any cultural habits and, and values from Japan, did you find yourself implementing any of that on the court or in the locker room when you got here to the States? Uh, they definitely teach you just a lot about, you know, um, discipline and, and, and going through things at 100%. I mean, I remember going through practices when I was over there in elementary school, and we would stay in the gym the whole weekend, even sleep in the gym sometimes. So, I mean, the difference between that and then coming back to the States, 
you really kind of carry over just how important it is um, and just how seriously, you know, people take um, the privilege to be able to play the game of basketball. So um, that's, that's really what I took the most mm -hmm. of. Other than that, you know, it's hard to take a lot. The, the American game is so far ahead right now um, that, you know, Japan is slowly building and really uh, getting more and more into basketball. But um, for the most part, that, that was what I carried. And I think that translates to pretty much everything the Japanese do, especially if you think about food. Oh, yeah. I heard the food there is amazing. This is going to turn into a Japanese travel podcast pretty soon. But right. I heard pretty much not even just the sushi, but like if you eat pizza in Japan, if you eat a burger in Japan, it's amazing just because of the how meticulous they are and, and how skilled they are in, in everything that they do, right? So Yeah, no, you got to be careful with some stuff, you know. <laughs> I remember <laughs> the first time I ordered a pizza out there, it was like they had a... Um, some kind of fish sauce on it. And so you just never know. I just stuck to a pizza hut after that. So. Yeah, that does sound a little gnarly. But with that said, obviously you're, you're back here in Los Angeles training. And I know you have your sights set on earning a spot on an NBA roster. Can you take me through that process just a little bit? I know you, I, I don't know if you had a chance to snag on with a team this past summer league, or if, if it's your intention to try and snag on with a team, a team's G League affiliate or anything like that. But how's that process going for you so far since coming back from your injury, first of all? And then what have you been working on this summer? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a tough process. I mean, um, the whole thing is is very um, up and down. Um, the the difference between guys who are uh, spots ten through fifteen on an NBA roster and, and guys overseas, you know, sometimes aren't that big. It's just about um, you know guys who have taken advantage of opportunities, gotten opportunities, um, etc. So, um, you know, really, I'm just working and, and waiting for you know an opportunity to come up uh last year with the celtics um th there was some opportunity when uh gordon haywood word um came and they were short on uh, on money for a little while as far as a you know uh, salary cap and all that but mm -hmm. then they ended up making some trades um so this year um, i wanted to pursue it again um unfortunately my injury kind of held me out of that um i, I wasn't able to um, come back and get on a summer league roster. Um, but um, just recently I've been, you know, a hundred percent trying to do what I can. I think that I might end up uh, going back overseas for, for this year. Um, being able to be a hundred percent and healthy is going to be helpful. And then, sure. uh, and then come back and, and, and see what happens. Um, I, I just signed, I actually just signed with, um, Svee's agent so um nice um so you know hopefully we can get some things going and and really it's just about selling yourself to a team um and and finding the right spot and, and i believe that what i did at kansas can be translated um onto any team at any level so um that's just kind of what i'm looking for is the opportunity and then uh showing the organization i can do that I know it's a it's a tough trek back, especially from a season ending injury and just trying to kind of catch your bearings once again. But, you know, the Lakers are looking for some centers because we don't have any. <laughs> hey, hey, the, you know, what's funny is the, the person that I always, uh, you know, compare myself to when NBA teams ask is Tristan Thompson. Now yes. that you got LeBron, you know, he needs a new Tristan. So, you know, I got to I got to get on my agent to, to get me out there and, and see if uh 
LeBron needs another guy to come in and get some extra possessions and do all those little things. That's a fair selling point. I guess to go into a little, a little more detail, how would you describe your game to Lakers fans that have no idea um, how you played in Kansas? You're 6'10". I've heard that you are a very smart and intelligent player, really grit and grind type of guy who really takes the defensive end very seriously. I guess everything that Tristan Thompson is, but I guess, yeah, what can you offer to an NBA team? Yeah, I mean, it is very similar to what he does. Um, you know, I, I, the things that I do well are things that a lot of people um, don't enjoy doing because it doesn't get a ton of credit for it. Um, mm-hmm. And so I go out there, um, focus on um, defense, focus on setting good screens, getting people open, focus on getting extra possessions, things that, you know, go unnoticed by maybe the casual fan, but, um, you know, a teammate um, or a coach, um, they see those things. And that and that's kind of what I learned and, and kind of how I found my way um, to end up being able to start at Kansas for um, about two and a half years. So, I mean, that's really – um, what I do and what I've done since I've been a little kid. My, my dad preached it to me, and, and I figured, you know, why change that? That's something that can translate um, anywhere um, against almost any co- uh, competition uh, pretty easily. So um, that, that's what I focus on and really what I bring to a team. No, that's awesome, and we are very much rooting for you. And it's funny that the way that you describe your, your game it's almost very Japanese, even though you're not Japanese, right? It's yeah. like, it's not flashy. <laughs> exactly. Nobody really sees it, but it, you, you do what you got to get done. So and it really helps. That's the first time them. I've heard that comparison, but that's actually a pretty good uh, point that you make there. <laughs> Everything is full circle with you. <laughs> right. But really quickly, before we get to Svi, what are your thoughts on LeBron James since you are a Laker? Were you expecting it to happen? And now that it's here, are you kind of, are you in awe that your former teammates V gets to kind of play with this dude and benefit off of him? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's awesome, you know, to have the Lakers, um, you know, back really, you know, at, at the forefront of the league and, and having a guy like LeBron come here is awesome. Uh, and then as far as, you know, Svee uh, getting to play with him, that's that's great. And I think it's going to work very well from him, for him. I think that, uh, you know, LeBron's going to love playing with a guy like him. And, uh you know, it's it's just good all around for Lakers fans. Um, you know, it, I know that there's it's, it's kind of tough because you go back and forth. You know, with the whole Kobe and <laughs> and you know, I, I was one of those people that was a big Kobe fan, and it was hard to like LeBron. LeBron's grown on me, but but you know, I, I can understand that. But you know, now with him being there, um, I think it's awesome and, and good for the Lakers all around. Absolutely. All right. So let's get into your time with Zvi at Kansas. Now, you played with him for three years. Is that correct? Yes. Cool. So when Zvi first started out in college, I mean, he came as a 16-year-old. And I think uh, you were in your sophomore year or freshman year? I was in my sophomore year when he got there. Gotcha. So for you, did your experience growing up in Japan and kind of feeling like a foreigner in both settings, one having grown up in Japan and then coming back to the States, did that help you better relate to guys like Zvi who, you know, came overseas and are experiencing American college and life for the first time? I know you also played with Embiid, right? Or were teammates with Embiid and, and guys like that. So Embiid was my my rookie or rookie freshman year along with uh, Andrew Wiggins. And so they came in my freshman year and then um, Speed, you know, came in after that. And, and he came in super young. I mean, I think he was 16 at the time, and, uh, but very talented. 
and and I think that really the the best thing, the best part about him is that you know he came in with a ton of skill sets, a ton of talent, and it's hard that young to be able to move into a program like Kansas and have it all show. And so a lot of what you saw was him, you know, just learning to go to the corner and shoot early on in his career. And um, he, he developed more and got more comfortable. But really, you know, he's a complete player that can do a lot of things on top of shooting. And now uh, I, I think with that kind of fresh start um, and stuff, he's, he's even able to show more. And, and I, I think a lot of people got to see that in the summer league. But we saw it all the time in pickup games and practice, um, all the things he can do outside of just shooting. But, you know, obviously shooting is what he's known for, and, and there's a good reason why. No, absolutely. And I, I even saw even prior to this past summer league and his last year in Kansas, I was looking at some of his European tape when he was only 16 and he's like yeah. crossing people over oh, and so step back huh? jump shots. I'm like, what is going on? So I think just that point about um, having to mold your game to fit a system and play a role, um, that must have been hard on him. And and for him, what did that adjustment period look like as you saw him progress throughout his years? And did it take him even even off the court? Was it an adjustment period for him just learning about America and, and, and being at a college, uh, an American university and, and learning the game in, in that sense? I mean, there was a huge adjustment. You could see it all, you know, all around, not just on the court, but off. Um but, you know, on the court, he, he kind of just – there was a lot of ups and downs. I mean, I remember um, we actually started um, our first games together my sophomore year, his freshman year. Um, and then he went through a couple years where he wasn't starting um, and then came back and was starting again. And, and I think most of it was just kind of getting a feel for, um, you know, his role, like you had said, kind of molding into that. And when you're young, it's tough to – to really, it's already tough for like 18 year old freshmen to come in and really uh, go into a, a school mm-hmm. like Kansas with a coach like Coach Self and show everything they have. And so when you're 16 years old, it's, it's really tough. And uh, he was just trying to get on the court however he could. And I remember in practices, you know, when, when coach was getting on him and stuff, you know, eventually you just kind of know, okay, well, if I'm going to go out there, you know, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to play good defense, and I'm going to shoot, you know, and that's how I get my time on the court. And then that kind of molds you a little bit and a little bit um, to the point where uh, that's what he became. And, you know, you saw him start to loosen up as he got comfortable. It happens with everybody who goes through Kansas who starts with a role, and then as they get some more time, they start to do other things. But really, until you kind of get a fresh start away from that, you uh, it's not going to be showing everything that you can do. And, and I think that now uh, the Lakers ended up getting, you know, a, a great player, um, you know, a little bit more than maybe what some people were expecting because uh, he, he's more than what he was showing, uh, which was already a really good player. Going back to my earlier question, did I don't want to put words in your mouth or anything like that, but because you felt like an outsider before, did you, did you tend to, gravitate or relate to guys like Zvi who are coming overseas and just understand I guess understand more what they had to go through and the adjustment period that they had to go through better than I guess you know your your other American teammates yeah I mean I could definitely understand it um you know I, I think that as a group everybody was very kind of understanding I mean we had quite a few um 
foreigners who were new to the United States and stuff. He was very new, but um, everybody was pretty welcoming and understanding. I, I think that, um, you know, I was able to kind of get a sense of what he was going through, but um, it, it was really a team effort kind of getting him adjusted. I know that his roommate was uh, Devontae Graham for a while and, and he picked up a lot of his uh, habits and <laughs> now all of a sudden speed talks differently than when he came and it's, he's like a whole new person. When were you able to identify Svi's NBA potential while you were teammates? Was there a moment where it stuck out to you that he'd have a chance to play in the league? And if so, when was that? And was there something specific that triggered that thought? I would say that I I truly felt that he was capable um, of becoming an NBA player when he first got there. I mean, he, he showed so much to us at such a young age that we all saw it. And then you start, you know seeing more of him and and I you know I believed it and and knew that he was talented but you start you know wondering okay you know is is this age and is this time like was it the right timing to come over to the United States and go through what he's going through now is it going to hurt his confidence because there were some times early on where you know you might have seen his confidence shook a little bit as would anybody at that age going into that situation um but you know, then as soon as he kind of started showing he could respond to things, showing that, you know, he's not going to let it affect him and his shot, you know, then then it came back like, OK, yeah, he is an NBA player. Um, and then obviously, you know, now seeing him in summer league and everything, it's 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 definitely, you know, that he, he belongs here. And and this is uh, definitely the the right spot for him. Absolutely. You know, I think something that he always likes to emphasize is that he's a, I like to call him Svi more than a shooter, Mikhailu, because he always likes to emphasize I can do more than shoot. But I think you've touched upon it a little earlier on. What type of system did you guys run in Kansas? And I'm, I'm guessing it, it, it just never really allowed for Svi to showcase more than just spotting up and finding open spaces, even though he was able to show that in practice or, or gain that trust that he could do more. The system just it didn't seem like it allowed for that, right? Yeah, I mean, the system, it, it honestly changed a little bit as my time there progressed. Um, he was a big high-low uh, kind of guy uh, when I first got there. As we got less bigs and went more to the Josh Jackson at the four, the, uh, you know, Perry Ellis, who was, you know, kind of a real stretch 4-3, um, that's when we kind of started playing a different game. Um, but really, for the most part, it was it was a it was a combination of the system and also a combination of just when you're at a, a school like that with that many talented people at your position, you just try to get by and make the coach you know happy and really uh, sure. you know get time on the court. And I think that he found from what the what Coach Self was telling him and you know um, just how he could help the team was to do those things. Um, and and then at that point, once you kind of get into there, you know, you think, you know, just like anybody, okay, well, there's a better ball handler out there. So, um, you know, that ball handler, Frank Mason or whoever it is, is probably going to have the ball most of the time. Or, you know, there's a better guy who does this. Um, so, you know, that's what he's going to do. But what my job is is to, to go and, and shoot and do this and that. So, you know, I think it was just kind of a combination of things. Um, and really just, you know, having having a tough competition at your position uh, sometimes can lead you to be like, all right, I just want to get on the court and contribute to this team 
um, and not risk going out there and trying to do too much almost. So, Sure. And I think in that sense, you can probably relate to him as well in terms of like filling that role. Oh, for sure. So I guess, how did Svi help your game as a center? I know your senior year, that's when you got the most minutes. And I, I did you start that senior year as well? Yeah, yeah. So I started um, off and on from the middle of my sophomore year, beginning of my senior year, I got hurt for a little bit and then ended up coming back and starting for the rest of the season. So, I mean, he, he helped a ton. Um, he spaced the floor great. The one thing that stood out to me as a big playing with him was actually his passing. Um, mm-hmm. His post-entry passing, which like a lot of people don't really realize because – uh, you know, it's just an average thing, but was elite. Um, uh, and mm. you know, that was big for me because I, I was big on just trying to get position. And, and it's one thing to just throw the ball to somebody on the block, but you know, he was able to put it in the right positions for you to score, give it to you on time, on target, which is big for you know, somebody um, who's playing down low and, and just. You know, all kinds of stuff coming off screens. He could find you well. So his passing stood out to me as a big. Um, and then obviously the, the shooting and stretching the, the court, you know, helps. But, um, but yeah, I think because he played, um, you know, so far ahead of his age group growing up and stuff, he learned really how to become a great passer on top of everything else. And, and that's definitely something that I appreciated playing with him. And that's something that I think the Lakers are looking for. They're looking for guys who are versatile and can do more than one thing. And the fact that Svi is already such a great shooter, but he also possesses one, he can handle the ball, but also he's an adept passer. That's something that the Lakers want in this, you know, pace and space, go, go, go system. So that's, that's great to hear. For you, is there a moment or a specific game that you remember out of Svi where you're like, dude, boy's hot right now this guy's amazing (laughs) like is there a particular game or just like a clutch moment that you remember uh during your time at kansas where you were on the court with veer on the bench that you were just like damn i mean he he hit a a bunch of big shots the one thing that i i do remember um is that um no matter how things were going and it's how most good shooters should be but no matter how things are going um you felt confident that if he got a chance to to shoot um, you know, open shot or even just a shot at all um, towards the end of the game, he, he was going to make it. I mean, that's that's the kind of confidence we had in him. And, um, you know, I, I, he showed it multiple times, um, hitting big shots. I mean, the most recent one, I wasn't there, but, you know, obviously against Duke, he hit a big shot. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think that just kind of shows, um, you know, his progression um, because – you know, early on in his career, I don't know if he would have shied away from that um, if the opportunity came or not. But I know that as he got more comfortable and confident, um, he, w- he was going to take those shots, those big shots, and, and he was going to make them. So. so with regards to Zvi's career at Kansas, and in terms of guys that you've seen in, in your career that you consider one of, the, one of the best shooters, I guess, how would you rank him in your personal list of, of best shooters and, and guys you've seen? Uh, he's he's definitely up there. I mean, I would say as far as corner shooting, like if you were going to say, uh, you know, I'm dribbling down and going to kick it to him in the corner and I want anybody there, uh, I would I would pick him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he that that's his spot. And then since then, I mean, 
Uh, you know, especially in summer league, off the dribble has improved a lot. But as far as spot up, from what I've seen, um, it, it's probably the best I've played with. Um, and then now as he develops the, off the dribble, um, you know, he, he gets up there as far as just all around shooters that I've played with. So, you know, because he's white and because he's European, <laughs> he is likely going to get the quote unquote sneaky athletic, but yeah. he's pretty athletic, right? Can you speak to that a little bit? He is very athletic. The, the only thing is that he has, he has pretty short arms. So yes. he, he gets super high and like, you know, he'll be dang near eye level with the rim sometimes, but the dunks just aren't, you know, crazy because his arms are pretty short. But <laughs> I mean, I remember we were watching tapes of him before he came and, and he was overseas and at like 15, 16 doing windmills and through the legs. And we knew that he was athletic, but, uh, but yeah, no, he's, he's, he's uh, athletic and, and definitely he's going to get that sneaky athletic talk uh, <laughs> from a lot of people. Hey, that's good to hear. So as we wind down here, how was Svi like as a, a teammate? How was he when you first met him, and how was he by the time you left Kansas? I know you said that he picked up some mannerisms from Devontae Graham and started talking and walking like him and all that stuff, but did you sense just that air of renewed confidence in him that you almost told yourself, yeah, that guy is probably confident that he'll make it in the NBA? Yeah, I mean, I would say that, you know, um, just with with him getting more comfortable with things, um, you know, being around teammates, um, us showing confidence in him. He, he's, he developed it over time. Um, but you could really just see, you know, a change, just how he responded to things, uh, coach getting on him, uh, him coming out of the game for missing shots, whatever it may be. Uh, he, he developed greatly uh, from the time where we first saw him until now. I mean, like I said, when I first saw him, and I knew he was an NBA talent and, and good. I, I mean, I would have bet money that he was going to be in the NBA. And as those that first year comes and goes, you start, you know, wondering, OK, is, is this, you know, is he is he ready for this mentally? Is he going to be able to handle it? And then after that, after he kind of went through that and, and showed that he was capable of it. Um, all those questions went away, at least in my mind. And clearly, um, you know, with NBA teams, they felt the same way because um, he got the opportunity he does now. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you could definitely see a change from, from the time he got in until, you know, where he is at now. And personality-wise, would you characterize him as, like, a, a low-key type of guy? Or is he quirky? Or You know, he's he's pretty funny because he's changed so much. He's so hip now. Like, he, <laughs> he's with everything. I mean, he knows what's going on, you know, and really – we owe that all to Devontae because he was around Devontae, who's probably, you know, one of the most outgoing kind of teammates on the team. And, and he was around him so much that he, he picked up all of his traits and, and, and his personality. So he's definitely uh, got that with him and, and isn't just that, that normal foreigner anymore. So <laughs> I'm sure you treated him like you guys all treated him like a little brother as you saw him grow before your eyes. Um, so to kind of close this out, did you guys have, I know you said Zvi is what you ended up calling him because none of you guys could pronounce or spell his name, but were there any other nicknames that you gave Zvi? And if you want to end this out with like any funny or unique stories that you have of Zvi during your time with him as a teammate, or even just a moment that stood out to you? Um, I would say that we just stuck with Svi most of the time. <laughs> I mean, you know, when he first got there, I remember, you know, he, he would try to 
you know, say his name and get us to. And then eventually, you know, he would give up and just be like, ah, oh, just, just, you know, call me Steve. Um, but, you know, as far as just, you know, funny things, there were so many. I mean, he was, he's a, a funny guy. And then obviously, you know, um, just foreigners in general usually <laughs> bring funny stories to a locker room. But, um, but, you know, I would just say just during his, uh, learning experience of, of English, uh, it was always funny to hear him. Um, and, and all the new words and stuff that he learned. And, and early on, you know, once he kind of got, uh, you know, a hold of some things, he would kind of just go with it for a while. And so that was always funny to us to just kind of, you know, hear uh, him and all the new slang that he was learning. And, and those were always funny moments for us. Hey, and you can say all that because I consider you a foreigner, Landon, and you've you've been through that experience, <laughs> right. right? Exactly. I mean, I was that I was that kid in in Japan, the same same way. I was over there, and you know, they probably all thought I was funny trying to trying to fit in with them. So, <laughs> no, I, I totally get it. I'm Filipino. I have Filipino parents, and Filipinos are our biggest tendency is like screwing up idioms and phrases. We get it like 80% <laughs> right, and then we just screw That's up at it. the very last second, and then it becomes hilarious. But thank you so much for coming on and, and giving us a little bit of your insight on Zvi, but also just your own career arc as well, because I think it's vastly fascinating. And we're very much rooting for you on your journey here. You. Um, you know, before we head out, though, can you tell us a little bit about the Landon Lucas Foundation? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm very passionate about it. I started it last year. Uh, and growing up, you know, I kind of just had this idea um that I wanted to make an impact on kids. And, and uh, when I was trying to figure out how to do it, um, I started thinking back to uh, what impacted me the most. And, and I, I realized I kind of narrowed it down to, I, I learned so much from sports, regardless of where I was at, regardless of what I was going through, adjusting to, um, you know, all of my major life experiences and stuff. Um, you know, sports really affected all of those, no matter what I went through. And so um, I was fortunate enough to, um, you know, even at times where uh, my mom being a single parent with me wasn't able to afford things, she had people that could help. So grandparents, family, friends and stuff. But, you know, I realized that not every kid has that, um, you know, to, to be able to help them out and get, get on the teams, play in sports. And so I started this to really just, to help kids um, and, and help them be able to participate. Um, and what we want to do is just make it more about learning those life lessons and going through things, the ups and the downs, you know, not all highs and, and, and really learning everything from sports and not, it's not a way to, you know, find people uh, who are talented and get scholarships and all that. That's great if that happens, but mm -hmm. it's really just about, um, you know, getting these kids the opportunities um, to learn those life lessons through sports, um, all kinds of sports. And so that's why I started it. Um, currently it's in Lawrence, but um, starting next year, we're going to expand, hopefully come down to LA and, and start making an impact, um, you know, with kids out here and, and uh, just trying to provide those opportunities for them. Hey, that's so awesome to hear. And, you know, LeBron James himself with his I Promise School initiative, yeah. I think you're just showing that, you know, it doesn't matter what means you have. You don't have to be a superstar like LeBron James to make, make an impact and make a big difference. So, you know, that's really encouraging to hear. And, and yeah, we, we just we have your back on all of that. And thank you for making a difference in the community 
with what you have and, and just trying to make an impact beyond your sphere of influence and, and using your own experience and background and, and journey and story to, to help other kids. I think it's, it's very inspiring. And I think that's what, that's what we need, especially in, in the state of this world right now that we live in, where there's so much negativity. So thank you so much for doing that. And um, thank you for coming on the show. This is the Lakers Legacy. Really quickly off the cuff, is it kind of surreal to you? I know you've been through so many experiences. And at this point, you've been teammates with Joel Embiid, guys who are probably going to be Hall of Fame players and whatnot. But has it felt surreal to you? Does it feel surreal to you that you're a Lakers fan and look, you might one day end up playing in the league as well. And, and it'll hit you in a different way then. But just knowing that you're going to be rooting for your former teammates V in an entirely new way, seeing him hit threes off LeBron. And has that hit you yet? Is it surreal to you? I mean, it, yeah, it is. And, and it is pretty fun just to follow all those guys. I mean, you know, it is something that from, from all the way from uh, Finley prep, I mean, I've gotten a chance to play with, you know, guys like that. I mean, guys like man, Tristan Thompson, for example, went to, you know, Finley Prep, the same high school. And so, you know, I've been able to watch, you know, teammates do things. And, and it was the same way in high school when I was watching college, them do things in college and then in college, you know, with the NBA. And so, you know, I'm really excited for Svee, um, for, you know, all of my teammates who are, you know, being able to do that and, and, and play with a guy like LeBron who, you know, uh, is one of the greats of all time. Um, and so, you know, it's really cool to, to support them and watch. And, you know, I'm hoping that someday I get an opportunity to, you know, really do that. And it's motivating because, you know, I, I played with them, played with these guys, you know. And, and so, um, you know, I definitely want to, um, you know, be at that same stage someday. But in the meantime, it's very fun to watch. And I'm excited for this next season, uh, being able to watch Steve play for, uh, for my team. So, Absolutely. And we're looking forward to having you in the league as well. And maybe one day as a Laker, we've already got our Kyle Korver and Svee. So we're just looking for a Tristan Thompson. So <laughs> exactly. come on over, man. And uh, hey, Landon, Kanbate Kurasai. Oh, okay. You know some Japanese. <laughs> really quickly, just, just to prove it. I don't know if you're embarrassed to do it. But if you want to give us like a, a Japanese phrase, your Japanese fans or Toyota Alvarks fans, sign us off. Uh, <laughs> awesome. All right. Thank you, Landon. We will catch you later. Best of luck. Thank you. This is what Flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more Yeah, even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.